Hey guys, Maya here. Before we get into episode 6, wanted to say that Curb's mic was accidentally dead while we recorded this episode, so you'll only hear her through the other mics. The audio quality is not great. Conversation quality, still superb. Just a quick heads up. Hope you enjoy the show. My name's Maya, and this week I love The O.C. because The Fast and Furious was based on a true story. My name is Dan, and this week, I love the OC, because nothing's more alpha than insisting your wife quit her lucrative job that she loves. My name is Curves, and this week, I love the OC, because apparently, China was Caitlin's best friend. (laughs) And I'm Mark, and this week, I love the OC, because we both like tacos. It's meant to be. That's fair. So you might as well forget So this is the first episode that we didn't really like. Well, okay, here's the thing. I love the OC. And I do love the OC. I was uncomfortable watching this episode at many, many junctures. But I really still enjoyed watching it for reasons that are mostly because... Well, we'll get to it. All right, Curbs, uh, hit us up with the DVD. Uh, All right. Episode six, The Girlfriend. Every Newport guy needs a Newport girl. Seth finds a way to impress Summer. Luke and Marissa share a night of passion. And the mid-20s girlfriend of the Kirsten's father has a predatory eye on Ryan. Julie drops the D-bomb on Jimmy. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Wait. (laughs) You had me at (laughs) D-bomb. That was almost the end of the description. God, that was good. The person who wrote the script for the DVD, who I'm assuming is Josh Schwartz, did yeah. recognize that... Uh, the entire plot is based around sexual assault yeah. of a minor. 100%. We'll get there. Um, just like every single episode of The O.C., the the title seems to be uh, relating to multiple characters in a good way. And our opening finds us with the family unloading the car because Kirsten's father, who we've only heard about in passing, is coming for the weekend. Again, just every day is the weekend here, but yes, he is coming for the weekend. They're they're all unloading the car and and making various comments about her father being there and they go inside and Sandy has been making kind of snide comments about Caleb Nickel who's definitely coming and uh, Kirsten is kind of like oh you always do this but she's really obviously nervous and he makes a comment and right then bah, who's hiding behind the fridge uh, <laughs> Caleb Nickel who I think has just been inside of this house for a while yeah he was like I used my key like he was there like it the, well his learjet got there really fast is what he said but i mean the boys are still out front unloading like seth didn't do like a courtesy dad caleb's here or something you know what i mean he, he just like like lets him go in really quickly and stealthily and no 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 no. it's pretty obvious that caleb got there before they did how he's no, just he, been there he, no he did he said time. he said his, his girlfriend's in the pool <laughs> Oh, yeah. He said he used his key. I have lots of comments then about this. Well, Um, the the thing that Caleb overheard Sandy saying was actually a really great thing, which is, seeing your parents should fill you with guilt, not terror. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
Caleb then goes out to help the boys unload. He grabs Seth by the arms um, and says, you're still not a football player. Loving to loving debasing your grandson. But Seth like doesn't care. Clearly, like this is their relationship and it's whatever to him. He then, of course, recognizes that Ryan, in fact, who has been scared this whole time of being like, maybe, you know, maybe he doesn't even know that you're the guy who burned his house down, said Seth. And Caleb Nickel kind of looks at him for a second and goes, ah, you're the one who burned my house down. He knows everything. Yeah, he, he definitely knows everything. Then sends Ryan on his uh, servant quest to grab the charcoal briquettes and bring them to the backyard. Where I guess he knows his hot girlfriend is in the pool at this point. And it's just like, just go back there. See if you find something you like, I guess. <laughs> Ryan goes to the grill, uh, and on the way, he sees his, uh, quote, new grandma, because he's a part of the family now, too. And it's not icky yet for me, but yeah. it no. is two teen boys, like, ogling and oogling over this woman getting out of a pool, who, like... I guess it makes sense that she's getting out at that moment because she sees, oh, there's, they're here, the people that I've been waiting for, and then gets out. But then, even in slow motion, proceeds to get out very slowly <laughs> in a way that kind of <laughs> defies logic, I guess. And uh, Seth then comes around at the perfect moment and mentions that that's the grandma, and we, of course, have a title sequence. So they all meet her. She's wearing a full face of makeup, even by OC standards. In the yeah. pool? In the pool. The Caleb uh, goes out back to, I think, just make his presence known and then says, stay out of trouble to her and then leaves again. The, the boys are now in their swimsuits. They have they've seen this woman in the pool and have decided that now is the time that we must put on our swimsuits and go to the hot tub. And they yes. sit in the hot tub the together. The boner hiding hot tub. Yeah, the boner hiding <laughs> hot tub. Let's just call it what it is. I will say Ryan is much smoother than Seth at checking her out. Like, Ryan just looks... Actually, Ryan looks at her eyes the entire time. Seth definitely does not in, in various ways. Like, he cannot stop himself. And they kind of are stumbling over words as she approaches them and then enters the hot tub. And now we begin a series of questions that I have for you called Creepy or Cool. <laughs> uh, she comes... She asks if she can join them. Creepy or Cool. Kind of cool, right? She's like... A little bit older, maybe she, you know, is like that, like, cool young grandma we all wanted. Cool until <laughs> um, she sits in between them. So, yeah, yeah, she then decides to sit between them. Creepy or cool? <laughs> That's a creepy. And then uh, talks about the party, you know, just asking a couple, like, great questions. Cool. About Wait, getting... cool. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, cool. that's so cool. Yeah, she's talking <laughs> yeah. about the party. That's very cool. <laughs> so um, parties are cool. Parties are cool. And then she asks them if they have dates. Um, it could go either way at this point. No, right? we're still good. We're yeah, still, still good. Cool, she, right? I think she she's still kind of doing it as, like, in sort of, like, a cool older sister kind yeah, of way. Like, it's like, you guys got dates to the party? Yes. And then when she finds out that they don't, she calls them two young hot guys. Creepy or cool? Oh, we got it. It's creepy. Yeah. At, at the beginning, you're like, oh, this is kind of innocent. And then she goes into the hot guys. And in the back of my head, I'm like, hmm. And that pretty much sets her tone for, for the rest of the episode. <laughs> it's so weird, though, because, like, it just feels very unintentional. Like, the entire episode through from that point on in a way that just makes it a different sort of unsettling. Like, it's hard to place your finger on exactly what's going on. She's not, like, a vile character. No, there are elements of her actions that tend towards a little bit of sociopathicness in the sense of, like, her not 
caring what happens to anything. Anyway, we'll get to our actions. Yeah. For now, we go, uh, we, after we find out that these two gentlemen don't technically have dates, we do, they both are honest with her. Uh, Seth says that, you know, he's got this summer that he'd like to ask, but isn't quite sure. Ryan mentions this Marissa, but, you know, she's been with Luke since he was eating paste. We cut to, Luke and Marissa. Luke comes into this room and immediately is a different character than we have ever seen before. <laughs> yeah. He comes That's, in like a he's, puppy. Yeah, he's his character changes so much. And he gets shot and all like literally he is a he is a beautiful little puppy. And but, but he's also not. Here's the thing. In the past, when he was given an answer he disagrees with or he like finds unreasonable, he would push back in a harsh way. Now he accepts it in a very interesting way. You know? Yeah, and, when when Marissa's like, mm, I don't know if I want to be with you after he's like, be with me, here's a teddy bear. He likes he recognizes her face because she does she doesn't actually she does the Marissa thing where she's like kind of like tucks her hair, so yeah. she doesn't really know what to say. And Luke's like, hey, it's totally fine, like, in a genuine way. He's like, we can take it Which slow. Which is weird because... Which is weird because he he's the kind of guy that likes to call people queer. Yeah. But but he says, we can take it slow, and then is like, so I'm going to spend all day here? <laughs> sure, but, like, again, I think if, if at this point she said leave, he would. And he wouldn't put up a fuss. It, it seems like his energy that he's putting out is completely different. I just also get the sense that he's acting this way because he sees them getting back together as a sure thing. Like, maybe it will take some time, but, like, he's not actually really considering that she might not want to get back together with him eventually. Sure, 100%. So that, like, and is a lot easier to be like, oh, yeah, like, we can take it slow. And, and maybe, though, like, her coming to the hospital maybe was a sign for him that, okay, yeah, you know, she was there for me. But he does say that line, you're right, the I wish, I just wish we could be together like it was, which... It's a very interesting line, and I feel like... And her face when he says that, yeah. oh my god, it's heartbreaking. He says so much about her character. Yep. She, just has She like, can't go back. Like, And just also has, like, zero ability to, like... Advocate? Advocate for herself. Right. Or like, this, this whole episode does hinge on very, like, teen moments, though. Especially by her. We then find out, uh, via another jump cut to Inside the Cohen House, that Gabrielle is fucking 24 years old. Which is both too old and too young for various things that happen in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I don't think so. We they, find out that she's 24, though, because I think it's Sandy's like, Gabrielle seems nice. And okay. Caleb goes, she's 24. He says, he just states it as a fact. Yeah. He doesn't say anything else. It's really it, poor writing. It, it's like it's like saying, like, the, the model year on his car. Yeah. It's really gross. Oh, it, he does. He definitely does. And I think that's meant to show you how kind of dissociated he actually is from her. And, like, how it isn't love and how it isn't, like, a relationship. It's aesthetic. So here's here's a moment that I think is actually very interesting if we pay attention to the context. Gabrielle, in the pool before, mentions that she knows that the entire like town of Newport is going to be there, right? We get a jump cut to Luke and Marissa. We jump back. Caleb then says, so this party tomorrow, it's just going to be small and intimate, isn't it? Caleb's fucking toying with Kirsten already. Caleb knows it's going to be the entire town. Mm -hmm. Caleb has told Gabrielle it's going to be the entire town. And yet he still decides to fuck with his daughter. Like, he he knows exactly what he's doing. And you know what? Buttons pushed. When he, when he talks about the small just family gathering that he wants, he says, the four of us and Gabrielle <laughs> does not include Ryan in that at all. That's a very good note. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. So... 
we get a lovely Caleb looking genuine and saying something snide first, which is just the, honey, you don't need my approval, dot, dot, dot. Um, going to the, you've adopted this boy without my permission, yeah. which is very interesting. And she, her response is, there wasn't time. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't, I had to make the decision fast. They were gonna, another family was gonna take him. Yeah. <laughs> um, Caleb then decides to scale the business back by reducing Kirsten's role. Uh, to which everyone is uncomfortable. Again, in my head, there is no way Caleb is actually considering this, but he knows exactly what the fuck he's no, doing. No, and he's, he he brings it up in a, one of the, just like... Very nonchalant. So nonchalant in like the most infuriating way. And it hits everybody in the room's buttons. And, yeah. And, and the, Caleb's like, no, it's fine. And then like sits down in a chair and then does, so tell me about that son of a bitch. <laughs> like goes straight yeah, to Jimmy. God, it's good. So that son of a bitch lost four million dollars. I love that. I, I love, love that. that his his idea of a good time is lighting this family dynamic on fire between Sandy and Kirsten, and then just gossiping about Jimmy, <laughs> which is probably my idea of a good time. At it's least also, gossiping about Jimmy. It's also so refreshing just to hear somebody talk about Jimmy with the proper emotional thing, which <laughs> is, like the proper emotions to it, which should be that guy's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I find this amusing. <laughs> Everyone else is so emotionally involved in his bullshit, but... Caleb <laughs> is so removed in yeah. a good way. Caleb right? doesn't care. Yeah. We lovely jump cut to a moment that uh, Curbs referenced earlier, which is the two of them, Jimmy and Julie, talking about the horse. Uh, the R. pony, R. sorry. R.I.P. China. R.I.P. R.I.P. China. You were missed. <laughs> Does the DVD have have a deleted scene where Shailene Woodley has to uh, has we to put don't China know. down? <laughs> Julie's kind of ragging on Jimmy and Jimmy does the, I don't feel good about this. Like, you know, it's not like I love that I'm bankrupt, which he doesn't. And she just kind of keeps having a bunch of disgust at him for a while. And then she, quote, drops the D. (laughs) (laughs) And if there's one thing Julie can do like nobody else, it's drop a solid D. (laughs) The, so Julie says she wants a divorce. He's sitting there dumbfounded. She then, before she's completely out of the room, because she does turn to leave, she turns back again just to reiterate that this is the only option she has and that they're getting divorced. And then she finally well, leaves. Like, what do you want me to do? You know, just being kind of like, she's like, what do you want? And she's just like, a divorce. I'm like, I, I like that. I, yeah. I liked the way that conversation went. It, it was it was to the point. Julie yeah. Cooper is Julie Cooper solid. While they're having this conversation in a different part of the house, the door opens. Uh, Marissa has answered the door. Ryan is there, and, and she goes, "Hey," yeah. like she always does. Yeah, huh? it kind of like adjusts her posture for the person she's talking to. Yeah. It's like the opposite of a power pose. It's like it's like, but for like self conscious teens. Yeah. So yeah, Ryan is going need, to. I need to have like my shoulder pointed directly <laughs> at him. Yeah. yeah. So Ryan rolls up. Yeah, Ryan rolls up because he's going to ask her to the party. Yeah, he's like, I was wondering if you wanted to, uh, and he like takes his time just enough for Luke to come out. Luke comes out of nowhere. I don't know how many times you guys saw this scene. Luke appears. Like, he stands up, but they're in a flat hallway. 
first of all, he didn't answer the door with her. So he's just been kind of like loafing around and she goes to answer the door. He's like, I'll follow you at a distance. But then he just kind of, again, has like a trap door that he appears <laughs> from and just uh, makes his presence known. But again, he keeps his nice thing going. He keeps his nice thing going. And at this he's like, point, he's like, it's getting unsettling. And, you know, he, he, he then goes away and Ryan uh, has a final moment, uh, finally a moment alone with Marissa to which he pivots as hard as you possibly can away from uh, asking Marissa. He he doesn't even talk about the party this time. He just goes straight to, I was just going to see if you're okay, which is not even a cover at all. That's like, you knew what I was going to ask you right now. I'm not going to do that. Uh, how are you doing? You seem like you're doing well. Bye. <laughs> I got to go to, I got to go to my crab shack. Yeah, he's got to go to, oh, crab shirt Ryan. Crab shirt What's what's Crapshire really, Ryan's I love this barn girl. <laughs> <laughs> what's really sad about this whole scene is that Mark, do you remember what it was like when you couldn't find a date to your adopted grandfather's sixtieth <laughs> birthday party? <laughs> That's a really tough time for a team. I have no comment about what? this. You know why? You know why they're because fucking Gabrielle put it in their heads that unless they have dates, they're fucking trash. This is not a date event. It is for her. She is going as his date. She's not going as his future <laughs> wife. Um, anyway, Ryan then goes to Crabshirt Ryan's office bar and grill um, to work another shift because, again, he's he's an honorable young man. And who rolls up? Yeah. So another episode of uh, Cool or Creepy, Gabrielle rolls up. What do you think? I don't know about this one. Cool. Yeah, right? She. I think it's cool. She talks with Seth and finds out that he works there. And uh, she does say about Caleb and Seth's boat outing, I've never seen two people more excited about boats. Uh, and decides that's not an environment she wants to be in. Which, I again... She removed herself. I respect it's that. It's cool because I, I understand that. Then she immediately asks an underage boy to ask to make her a drink. Cool or creepy? I think that... That's I, a wash. You Great. could... He does work there and they serve alcohol. Great. Then she does reference the fact that he is, she doesn't say a minor. Underage. Underage, which is just lovely verbiage uh, for her to be using. Lovely word choices. And then can I introduce the next creepy, which is she pulls out her own airplane airplane vodka and pours it in the cranberry juice that Ryan like graciously made for her. Yeah, he... It is kind of creepy the way she calls him underage because it seems like she's already in, innuendoing at him in a way. And you're like, okay, but then she pulls out. The, the, the word underage was in her head. Sure. She pulls out booze. And the next statement out of her mouth is, by the time I got clean, I was 22. Which I, I got hung up on that for a while. Yeah. And then I, I missed the rest of the phrase, which is, uh, which is retirement age uh, for, models. <laughs> for models, which... Is a very strange world I'm not a part of. Uh, Crabshirt Ryan's I Love This Bar and Grill does serve cocktails in a mason jar. I noticed that. Very ahead of the curve. Totally. Oh, 100%. That was a good, like, seven years ahead of that. Yeah, very much so. So we get a nice, lovely conversation then between uh, Sandy and Kirsten, where Sandy starts pressuring Kirsten to quit. Yeah, it's not lovely. 
manipulative. No, it's very manipulative. Although, here's the thing: she does end that conversation with a strong note, which is actually a very surprising thing for this episode because she gets railroaded by many, 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 <laughs> many people that are representing the patriarchy. She stands up for herself and she says, I can't. And he says, you got to quit. And she's like, I can't. And it's funny because he clearly does not hear her <laughs> or listen to her in that moment. Is this the scene in the bedroom? No, this is not the hype scene. This one's a very quick off one mm-hmm. just to give you the idea that, hey, Sandy's starting to think about this. He's not obsessive yet. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we then go, uh, well, what they start talking about is Caleb missing their wedding. That's what this scene is, oh. uh, where they start talking about, you know, your father has never really supported you, blah de blah de blah kind of like you're saying, manipulative. But then you realize, oh, like, he kind of has a little bit of a point, which is like, this man has disapproved of him forever, to the point where he literally missed their own wedding, and she stands up for him like, you know, well, you know, he was doing business, and he's like, so there was, it was, he was in Singapore, and it was monsoon season. Yeah, and then he says, yeah, we moved the wedding for him Many times. Um, I just think that we hear, we see from the very beginning that there's a ton of tension between Sandy and Caleb. So like anytime he's raging on Caleb, it's kind of for his own benefit. Sure. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think the whole thing is kind of. So Marissa then goes to Ryan, ask Ryan what to do. I believe they are at Crab Shirt Ryan still. Yeah, they're still um, at work. She goes to his work to ask Ryan what to do about um, her situation, which is essentially choosing between him and Luke. Yeah, I'm like, um, why are you talking to Ryan? Yeah. And Ryan is sort of like, why are you talking to me? <laughs> Here's the thing. I was watching that scene, and it was the most teen thing I've ever seen. My wife normally doesn't watch these episodes with me. She watched that scene, and the first thing she said was, A, Marissa dresses how everyone dressed back in that era, and B, every bit of that conversation was exactly what it was like to date people in both middle and high school for a stretch there, where it was like, her kind of like, I want you to tell me what to do, right? I want you to tell me that you want to be with me. And him being like, it isn't my place to do this, but he does it in a really weirdly harsh way. He's super rude. He does it in like very much like a, well, tell me when you've made your decision then. And just kind of like scoffs at her and like broods for a moment. And then don't the, it's like a weird cut to like Seth and Ryan running into them later in the day. Yeah. But there's no, nothing that happens between that, right? Well, it seems like what actually had happened was she was catching him at the end of his shift. Mm -hmm. And so he goes outside to talk to her. She leaves to get tacos presumably immediately afterwards with uh, her good friend Summer where he gets off of work changes out of those clothes so enough time has passed for him to change and for them to order tacos Seth as he's wont to do uh, picks him up at work and they uh, skate and board their way down the boardwalk again then they of course they stumble upon uh, the two of them Summer I'm still gonna go with Summer being a good friend Summer's great this is very good she has so many good moments in this thing where it's like you can't expect like him to tell you what to do, right? She does obviously have the prejudice against Chino, where it's like he's used to knife fights, but like <laughs> and, and people like banging on the hoods of cars. Again, I am not telling you that she's a good person. I'm telling you that she's a good friend. And then uh, we, of course, get the legendary line about, no, you're thinking of Fast and Furious. And she says, well, that was based on a true story. Which is just amazing. Very amazing. And who stumbles upon them? But of course, uh, 
Seth and Ryan. Then he says the line, we both like tacos, it's meant to be, and gets himself amped up and goes to ask Summer, who then sees Seth and Ryan, and Summer does the best friend thing, which is, you know, I could have gotten salsa before, but then all of a sudden recognizes this moment as a, Marissa and Ryan need a moment to talk. I'm going to bring this kid over. Also, as we find out, she maybe has her own motives. Ryan stays hard in this scene. He kind of retains that edge with Marissa. Kind of, he kind of says like, "We're I'm sorry," but at the same time, he doesn't leave her in a easier place to make a decision. It's pretty obvious that all she wants, and she also explicitly said that, says this is summer that she just wants him to say something. Yeah, like just explicitly be like, <laughs> "Yes, I want to be with you," which is like a thing that if he had more emotional maturity, sure. he would know that he. Can just say that. And and in not a way that's like meant to like alienate her. Like, yeah. no, you have to make this decision. I can't. But he still asks her to go to his adoptive grandfather's father. To which she says, I'm already going. What? <laughs> <laughs> Look, their family is the next door. They're, they're, of course, they're invited. You yeah. Know? They're the Coopers. Everyone is invited but Jimmy. And, um, and Luke is, Luke invited her. Which is weird. Luke yeah. snagged a sweet invite. To the party of the year. (laughs) You know Luke has an internship with one of those rich assholes and is definitely... So anyway, uh, we then cut over to uh, Summer and um, Seth. Seth is impressed by her salsa choices. Not only does she like tacos, uh, but she loves salsa. She gets something on her finger. Um, picante. Picante. Picante, I guess. And, um, which she doesn't like, but Marissa does. Yeah, which she doesn't like, but Marissa does. So she can't lick it off of her own finger and then tells Seth to lick it. And immediately he has the reaction that everyone should, which is, this is disgusting. And then goes immediately to, but I am in love with you. <laughs> like, so this seems like a reasonable request. I have a question. She says that it will ruin her polish, right? Will it ruin it? And will like her wiping it off? She says wiping it off is what's going to ruin it. Will that ruin it in a worse way than him licking the polish would? I thought about this for probably longer than I should. Have. I knew I should ask the facts, Which, and I knew who I should ask I mean, them to. I mean, I mean, that should really just be the other title of this yeah. podcast. <laughs> I was like, well, if it's if the polish is still wet, you shouldn't be doing anything. Sure. Number one, and you shouldn't definitely not. Especially be eating it. a fucking burrito. <laughs> no, not licking it directly. And getting salsa. Like, I guess I don't know. Like, she goes to somewhere where I'm sure they put on like several layers and like a top coat to like protect it. So I'm like, the salsa is not gonna like stain it or like do anything. Like, it's almost like she wants something <laughs> and, and contrived a way. That uh, stuck, her stuck that she could stick her finger in the mouth of the boy who can give her what she wants. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she tells him to invite her. He invites her. That's pretty much how it goes. He now has a date. It's to it's, this party. He is skeptical immediately, and then once again thinks about it for a moment. Goes, I'm in love with her, and all rationality is out the window. But he like he straight up asks her, "Do you want to go with me, or do you just want to go?" Okay, and, wait, wait, wait. About this. That happens. Yes. And her response is like kind of like a look, like, come on. And then he's like, oh, yeah, of course. What was the interpretation of what? I can tell you exactly what it was as having been a teen boy. 
that was the moment where he realized that oh this is an opportunity like so it was very much what was her, what was her look her though? scoff was her scoff was well if it's this much trouble then i don't really care right then okay I'll be leaving so her her look was like just shut up yeah i'm not gonna say out loud okay and his response was him being like i'm backing off a little i i'm i'm in this is now where we hit the scene where sandy is too hyped to hear his own wife he enters the room by yelling to the world i i get this amazing thought of we should go back to our life the way it was which again if you'll go back to the beginning uh episode um maybe this is the quote of the episode but luke's saying i just wish we could be together like it was everyone has that thought in this episode um never go back to berkeley yeah uh well sandy wants to sandy wants to move back move back to their old life you should open the art studio this and that and railroads her to the point where she actually doesn't really retort in this scene very well. Real quick, though, we learn that Kirsten has an art history degree, which spinoff series? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> But yes, so we then get, of course, after this just deplorable scene of the two of them, Summer and uh, Marissa talking about that boy who she convinced to go. Marissa is good, for whatever reason, she's good at standing up for Seth in moments. And she, this is another one. She does the, like, you're just going to use him to get in this party. And she's like, so what? And he's like, you, you can't be, be mean to Seth like that. And Summer does that. Who? But then, of course, does know his name. She does the kidding, which is one of her two kind of catchphrases, as we find out. It's you and kidding <laughs> seem to be the two. So then we go to uh, just a real awkward family dinner. Caleb gets the family dinner he imagined, uh, the pre-party family dinner, where Kirsten orders out Caleb making a lovely passive-aggressive comment about how she can't cook because she's you know, too busy at work. They have a housekeeper uh, who does cook for them, we've seen in various yeah. points. She could have done that. And then, of course, Sandy. Again, there are moments where Sandy believes that he's sticking up for his wife, but is just sticking up for himself, obviously. Mm -hmm. But does like the, yeah, her favorite spot, the kitchen. The whole family's kind of to after fair, each other. it's established that she's not a good cook. So it's like the idea that even if she wasn't working, she would stay home and learn how to cook is... Oh, for sure. And, and Seth does uh, what he always does best, which is a moment is way too serious and he makes like a funny joke right she mm -hmm. can't even make cereal and then she does the like kirsten does the loving like look at him and he looks at her and it's pretty cute it's really yeah. cute and they're a really great like family and, um, and in the middle of that moment caleb nickel then interjects you're so witty it's amazing you're not better at skirt chasing <laughs> i think my and brain seth is like seth is like huh like, he takes a moment to process that comment. Well, because for once in his goddamn life, Seth has a retort. You know what I mean? I bet Seth has gotten this comment every single meal they've ever had together. And this is the first time where he's going to say, actually, grandfather, who's using Western, like, Old West Cow language. Cowboy speak. I do have a date, and it's summer. To which Sandy says, wow, summer's hot. Here's another episode of Cool or Creepy. Yeah. Cool, um, I think only because it's out of Sandy's yeah, mouth. And I think and we know him. To me, he doesn't seem to be saying, like, she's hot. He's going, like, she's hot. Like, it, it is a known commodity in their community yeah. that yeah. Summer is one of the, quote, hot girls. And he's just kind of saying, like, uh, not that she's hot. He's saying, wow, good for you. You've got a, quote, hot girl. So then uh, Gabrielle I fucks Ryan at the table. Oh, it's um, so bad. That's a really good. Seth sees it just kind of like, cute or creepy. Um, he. 
he looks back and forth between them. He tennis like tennises it like yeah. a cartoon. Yeah. And, and were Kirsten still in the room, which I will mention, she was not. She had adjourned herself to go out. Sandy went right after her. The only reason Caleb Nickel didn't see this because he was the only one left in the room that wasn't Seth, who definitely did see it, was because he was emptying a bottle of wine and <laughs> staring at it dripping out he, of his bottle. He drinks so much <laughs> in this episode. And Every scene he's drinking. And for nobody mentions it. <laughs> and he doesn't seem even a little tipsy. No, it seems ever. like it seems like they just like every every single time they put him in a shot, they were like, he needs a prop. And they gave him gave him a drink. And then when he put it all together, it looks like he's just he like just constantly he drinking. One glass of wine the entire time. So yeah. Sandy then goes uh into the kitchen to talk to Kirsten like you know, you, you gotta quit and you gotta tell him tonight. And it's just like, God, Sandy, stop railroading your wife and listen to her for once in your goddamn life. And he does listen to her in other episodes. Just this He's, is the worst yeah. Sandy has ever been. Well, and, and this is this is there are other moments, and the this is the part of his character trait that is flawed, which is when he believes he's standing up for the right thing, but isn't actually taking time to listen to what people actually want. Also, in terms of like how his character is written in this episode, I think it honestly. Uh, Honestly, maybe seemed better on paper than it did in, when it played out. He's doing like the exact same thing with Kirsten that he did when he wanted to adopt Ryan and help him out. One more time, Caleb Nickel comes out behind the fridge <laughs> as he is wont to do. He then uh, goes kind of like overhears the situation. Sandy and him are both talking over Kirsten at this point. She keeps saying half of a word and half of a sentence and getting completely railroaded. And uh, Caleb Nickel says, you're still smoking the weed aren't you um, which is just like a lovely dad moment of like I see your video game and I raise you smoking the weed like, like let me is, is that where Seth walks in yeah Seth says, walks in dad used to smoke weed and then and then you can hear him in the background of this scene going Ryan dad used to be a stoner stoner <laughs> yeah that's it's pretty great um except for it's not because it gets obviously very heated in there to the point where sandy tells her, him that uh kirsten wants to quit even though she has said she cannot which is a no he decides to roll with it anyway caleb takes it for serious and then asks where the wine is <laughs> to which we go to the pool house and we discover that uh, our lovely friend Gabrielle is play like sitting at the edge of the bed playing. I looked it up. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean for Game Boy Advance. <laughs> um, yes. To Seth's disgust, when she quits the game because apparently it's too hard or sucks, which it, it did suck. I'm sure it sucked. And threw threw it on the bed. Seth picks it up, looks at the game for a second, and says, "The pirate game? No. Let me get you Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three and." then leaves for his room which is gabrielle's chance to fucking pounce uh, man she, it's good the second the door shuts her leg is on ryan's or her, her hand is on ryan's yeah. like leg dick uh, area she says i'm so bored uh i have written here skeeve 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 in uh <laughs> big letters which i think is the point where she touches hit his leg i just wanted to remind everyone that he is 15 uh she is 24 and she's acknowledged that yeah 100 percent. and that's the worst part which is great because what she's about to engage in is a felony act this you, is the most innocent reason anyone has ever looked up a statutory rape law oh 100 uh, <laughs> yes yeah california uh, california has very like very cut and dry laws about this uh if you are 
within three years of the 18 year old or like the sub 18 year old, um, it is only a misdemeanor. Like say you're 19 and they're 16. That's a misdemeanor. But once you turn 20 and they're 16 or once they're 17 and you're 21 or 24, that's a felony uh, in the state of California. There is one sort of thing from this scene that we get out of it, which is that Caleb really, really loved Kirsten's mother and that every everything else since then is him just trying to fill that hole. Uh, they make out for a second. Um, it is very confusing. I remember when I was young and watching it, it was hot and confusing. Now yeah, it's just like it's just icky bad, and confusing. Yeah. Also, it's like, it's we talk about a lot how Ryan is clearly 25. And yeah. He legitimately loves looks like a child. He plays this scene. scene very well. In a, like, in a actor, really gross way. Benjamin McKenzie yeah. is uncomfortable and then goes to the, okay, there's a woman. Okay, it's it's good. It's fine. Which, again, I can tell you, when I was a teenager, I was very easily persuadable. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's why, if you're an adult, yeah. you're the one who gets in trouble because you're the one who should know better. Yeah, like, and, that's exactly why. So then we get a lovely fade out after she leaves. Caleb calls for her, but doesn't really go looking, which is a good thing, or he'd probably be dead. Because um, also, like, the pool house is mostly glass. Yeah. yeah. windows. Uh, some of the shades are kind of down, but not all of them. So we get a lovely cut to the two boys in the pool. They're just laying there, and they haven't talked about the events yet, apparently, because Ryan then decides to break it to Seth. Quote, it was good, weird, but good. Which, when you're a teen, is probably exactly the right reaction. Yeah. At least he can tell that it's weird. They, you know, Seth can't believe it. Seth understands how hot she is, just keeps talking about this. Oh, man, oh, this is crazy. We go inside, and it is madness in this house as they're preparing for this party. First of all, Caleb is one of the, what, 15% of a, a citizens in this world that cilantro tastes like soap to, which is very interesting and a fun <laughs> fact that we should pay attention to. I'm sure it will have no implications later. And once again, Caleb knows exactly how to push everyone's buttons, especially once the party actually gets started. Sandy does the whole, like, I'm, I'm sorry, honey. Like, I, you know, I didn't mean to tell him this early which again is him not understanding that she's not on board yeah. for this and then we again we open the doors Caleb comes in he pushes buttons and Gabrielle is there looking just as Gabrielle as she ever did Sandy goes to help get her a drink which she doesn't need help she brings little gray goose gray geese <laughs> Everywhere she goes. Uh, <laughs> Gray Goslings. Um, I say Gray Duck, but... Gabrielle, Go <laughs> Gabrielle Gosling. But yeah, she, she goes off with him and then immediately, like a heat-seeking missile, finds Ryan. She has no regrets, which is very interesting. Because when she goes and finds Ryan, there's not an air of what we did was naughty, if she understood that she was making a mistake, <laughs> she was drinking Grey Goslings for days. Yes, for, <laughs> for literally the entire length of the flight, <laughs> entirely afterwards. She yeah. from the airport on just continued to IV, shove Goslings in her mouth. Just had an IV drip yeah. of, of premium airplane vodka. She grabs a uh, maraschino cherry and and licks it for a while, which again. <laughs> None of these are moves. <laughs> cool or creepy, guys. Ryan comments he's like, "You're not even. You want to get caught?" Yeah, this is not a. This is a good point, Kurt. The part of his brain that thinks about consequences somehow has poked its way out. 
because I'm letting you know that the rest of his brain is totally on board with this. There's definitely a part of his brain that is saying, yes, we need to do this again. But for whatever reason, the part of his brain that's rational has come to play for a moment, to which he says, you're just wanting to get caught. Like, she is doing the most blatantly seductive things. Literally surrounded by people. Yeah, lots of people. Do you, think, do you think Ryan's ever just like, why does this keep happening to me? I keep trying to avoid these fucking parties because all that Everything happens bad. is garbage around me Dude, to me and it's my fault i don't know i think that's to get a rise out of caleb i, I think, did not think about that i now, think but. there's probably i mean she's bored again i don't <laughs> hey hey dan i'm bored <laughs> all right so do you so, think she's a sociopath well no she's undoubtedly a sociopath what i'm thinking about is the time period between our the last episode and this one was enough time for luke to get shot and get better. Do you think that there's been some parties that Ryan has been to that didn't turn into a giant the shit show? parties? No, you know what I think? I think Ryan's been avoiding them since yeah. then. So here's the deal. She says, find me later. She does say, find it's, me later. It's the worst. It made my skin <laughs> crawl out of my skin. Hey, damn. Cooler creepy. Oh, so... So cool. Um, so uh, it's some, so cool. I just want to throw up. Yeah. Summer arrives with Marissa and Julie. Uh, Jimmy has not come. Summer chose not to go with the black dress. Who she yeah. earlier said that the black dress could give Caleb a heart attack. <laughs> it was so hot. A coronary. Uh, she now is just wearing a, a lovely, simple white number. I love Marissa's dress that she wears with the polka dot one. Mm-hmm. I remember it being featured in a magazine. One really? Yeah. Interesting. Luke comes with them because Luke yeah. immediately starts glad handing with, with Seth, which freaks me the fuck out. Yeah. No. no. It freaks Does out. not call him a queer. Says, hey, nice house. This is such a lovely house you have here. The last time that Seth tried to say hi to him at a party, well, the last time he got shot, the other time <laughs> that he tried to say hi to him at a party, he got called queer, right? Says hi to Luke this time. Luke shakes his hand like a fucking gentleman. It's um, weird. If, this is also something that is never really explained, and Luke's character goes all the fuck over the place over the course of the season and a little bit that we get to know him. I will say, Seth does does address the audience by saying he got shot in his arm, not his head. Like he's recognizing this ridiculous thing is ridiculous. And I understand it. Yeah. You know who else sees Luke? Ryan. Ryan sees Luke and Marissa together. Just can't do it. And broods off into his room. Meanwhile, somebody else is brooding in their room. It's Kirsten Cohen. Sandy kind of walks through parts of the party and then, of course, goes to the bedroom where she is sitting with the door cracked open, drinking a wine by herself, miserable. Like father, like daughter. And Sandy, he always knows the right thing to say, which in this case is, I wish I could tell you I'm sorry, but I'm not. <laughs> what? <laughs> That was his, like, worst apology ever. He's like, oh, you know I'm no good at those. I'm like, well, fucking yeah, do Yeah, but you better. could do better at it than that, you bitch. Jimmy had not really uh, been invited to the party by Julie, but Jimmy shows up with a plan. I think Jimmy is just a damn fool. He's just like, <laughs> I have an idea, and there's no one around him to check him anymore. <laughs> this I- is... Maybe Jimmy's high point. No, this was Jimmy's chance to get a point from me on this episode. He did not. No, but he's so cocky. Like, he's like a new man walking into this party thinking, I've got a plan. Yeah, I I wrote, only Jimmy can make me feel empathy for Julie. (laughs) Then we get a quick hit of Summer uh, talking about all of the lovely men that are there. Lovely quote by Summer. He manages wealth. 
has a job. <laughs> very, very healthy with, happy with wealth management. Summer does like the perfect amount of high school peer pressure about like losing your virginity, where it's like the, well, what are you waiting for? Do they ever like explicitly say why they haven't had sex? Is there a reason? No, it, it seems like Marissa was waiting for something. We then get a lovely cut of Gabrielle Gosling opening, <laughs> opening the door to the pool house. So take me to the pool house. Don't ruin that. It, Ryan yeah, is, it is a good song. Uh, Ryan is laying on his bed. Never, never write Gabrielle season one. <laughs> <laughs> or if you do, ooh, yeah, I, be accurate she, with it. When she came in the pool house, the first time I was watching this, literally in my apartment, I was like, Bitch, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> those doors don't lock. <laughs> yeah. uh, by the way, he has made the decision that even though those doors don't lock and anyone could come in, he is going to unbutton his button-up shirt so that he can only see the lovely, the, the lovely beater underneath yeah. it. Which turn on? Oh, he is very attractive brooding angrily on the bed because he has been kind of in his mind uh, marissa has made her choice right like yeah and so then this hot woman comes in i wrote the words why is she here and while this is happening marissa decides to give ryan another chance you can tell with her eyes she looks in the mirror and she is asking herself the question that you were asking which is well, what i have i been waiting for with luke and decides to get a second consultation from from dr ryan crabshirt md <laughs> and she opens up the door to the pool house and it is hot as a mother in there <laughs> If you're Ryan. Where are they at? <laughs> are they still all dressed? Yeah. They're they still dressed, but they it, are, it's but heavy. Like Keep in mind, before she got there, he had a shirt yeah. off. But Marissa doesn't know this. Yeah, Marissa, it, look, it definitely looks like clothes are coming Opening off. shirt shows that clothes are coming off. Marissa right, comes yeah. in, looks down. I immediately wrote this down. He looks like a deer in the fucking headlights <laughs> when she, he makes eye contact with her. It looks like you were saying earlier, his boner is now gone because he realizes what the actual situation is. Crab shirt boner. <laughs> yeah. uh, Marissa runs away. Marissa runs away, yeah. angry and sad. And again... It, it makes sense, right? She is, in at least to her, in her head she has gone, I was going to give you another chance. He has moved on. Ryan has no problem getting physical with somebody else. Neither should I. Immediately, I don't know if you've ever been kissed angry when someone is angry, not at you, but at something, and they're angry kissing you before. It isn't a turn on for me. She pushes them against the wall, makes out with them, and is basically like, we're going. And Luke, great, let's go. This Luke is like, oh, been- cool, great. <laughs> Gives the valet his ticket. Valet brings his car around just in time for Ryan to miss the car. Ryan has decided to chase after her. The valet was too fast. (laughs) (laughs) Luke's parents are gone. Here's another thing. Where do these parents go? All these parents have been gone the entire summer. Holly's parents, gone. Luke's parents, gone. We then find out that Jimmy has struck out with Caleb. Uh, Caleb, (laughs) who kind of pets him like a dog and then walks away. I will say this. Caleb's pretty badass. Caleb, Caleb, like, going, oh, good luck to you, man. And then walking away from him is a very good... Like, I was going to say this earlier. Um, I mean, Caleb's nothing but awful the entire series. But he's so much more enjoyable to watch as an evil businessman than, like, an evil, oh, like, yeah. homewrecker, like, social personal stuff. Yeah. It's it's a lot better to watch him kind of, like, be a businessman who like, sucks. I'd watch that spinoff, Dan. Yes. <laughs> right, that spinoff. Are you talking about Frasier? No. <laughs> <laughs> Skipping weddings left and right. He very much is the Tywin Lannister, where you're like, 
Uh, I, it needs to be stated. This was such a bad plan. <laughs> we we said it earlier. I, I know, but like, this is such a bad plan that you don't even, we don't even see <laughs> the plan. We don't even see it happen. We just see the aftermath. Yeah. And the aftermath is badass. And then Julie Cooper is a fucking boss and looks at her husband and is like, fuck you. This was a terrible plan. You knew this. Now it's my turn. Fucking goes up to the plate and hits and, a and, fucking home and, run. And she also specifically, he, she walks away from him and Jimmy says, where are you going? As if she's not going to say, to finish what you started. I, I love her so much. love her. I love everything about that little interaction. She, she goes over to Caleb. I just wanted to say happy birthday, Cal. She knows. She's on. She knows exactly what to do. Like, And Caleb is, a, as we've seen, a very good manipulator, right? Mm-hmm. She's better. And she proves it in this scene. Right? It's also great because you can see in Caleb's eyes, he like knows he's getting fucked with, but can't stop it from happening. Because like, she's so fucking He's good. just like, okay. And then she Caleb's Caleb. She finishes this conversation where she's like, I'm going to divorce my husband. Won't me and the girls just be so lonely? He does the whole, we're going to figure something out. And then she goes, oh my God, that's so generous of you. And then kisses him goodbye and then walks away from him. He is the master of ending a conversation, a statement, and then walking away. And this time she does it to him. She pulls a fucking Caleb nickel on his ass. Summer finds Seth uh, while Seth is brooding outside. Seth is really bad at brooding, but in a really cute way. <laughs> he's trying. Yeah, she, he's, he's brooding the he best he can. Like yeah, that. He's brooding the best he can. And she's goes, where'd you go? I'm trying to meet this guy. And he's just like, look, fuck this shit. You're just using me. I know it. And she just kind of keeps talking. She's like, and he's like, look, none of these guys care about you. They don't know. And then he goes to the squirrel. And then he goes to the fucking hand vibrations. And then he goes to the I wish I was a mermaid. The poem. Seth Cohen is so in love with this girl. The the moment when he says, they don't know that you used to feed the skinny squirrel because the fat squirrel would take all of its food away. And then Summer just gets wide-eyed and just said, I hated that squirrel. Because, because the entire party, she's been in shark predator mode. And immediately when he says that to her, it breaks her out of it. And all of a sudden, she's her true personality again. She puts on an air for everyone. And underneath it, there's something. And this is the first time we really see that in her eyes. When he says that to her and you get to watch her eyes wake up like, oh, you actually do like me for me, to which she has no choice but to fucking kiss him. And let me tell you, a very good kiss. It's a really good kiss. It's like the first major, like the first big kiss. It's big. Mm -hmm. And the best part about it is because when you're paying attention to how like a show works, they are leading on to the Ryan Marissa kiss many times. This time even, she's about to go to his room if fucking Gabrielle had been a fucking adult about it and not been there, they probably would have kissed. They didn't. This show keeps kind of dicking you around with the fact that like, will they, won't they? They didn't dick you around at all about Seth and Summer. And that's why it's a brilliant moment. Quick. It's also interesting because like we've sort of been talking about how like justice, hashtag justice for Summer. Like it's sort of dumb. She doesn't have a title and then they just slowly, slowly dull her character out. Like she becomes a really delightful part of the entire show. But this sort of climactic moment for her, I think, actually kind of makes all that worth it because like what we know about her is exclusively her as marissa's best friend plus like less than a dozen really great interesting facts about her yeah 
things about her stepmom, things about the fact yeah. she Forbes. Just like, like little just, offhanded uh, things. She's just like the weirdest, like quirkiest character on the show right now. Like, and, uh, and also yeah. like aspiring gold digger, but like, like But in a very factual way. Like yeah. she, also in a way where like you you know it's not gonna work. Like you know she's <laughs> not like, you know. Their their kiss lasted for about sixteen seconds. Just had to count because it was very long for Did like Did you a, count with your mind or with a watch? With a watch. It was very good for a first kiss. Seth knowing the ent- her entire poem from grade school. Cool or creepy. creepy. Cool. The way he doles it out is cute. Yes. Then Sandy, who have finally has heard his wife for the first time all episode, goes to Caleb to fight her her battle for her again, which not very valiant, but at least this time he's doing it for not himself. And it's a very good moment. Like even though he's still obviously fighting the battle for her, which is like outrageous and just let her fucking talk for herself it is a moment that i think caleb does hear how do i know that he hears it because he asks where the wine is and then leaves again (laughs) which is a caleb power move but in this moment kind of he feels it feels to me like he's almost stripped of a little bit of that normal emphasis he has and you can tell that he's stripped because he asks where a corkscrew is how doesn't he know he's been there for so long he's been there for two days and he's drunk all the wine. Actual question. Oh, you reach 100%. that you reach 100%. that level of wealth, you have to open your own bottle of no, wine. No, I think he takes joy in it. Caleb finally starts sharing some personal feelings, talks with Kirsten about them. He they, calls her Kiki. Yep, which yeah. again is a good moment because it's like, okay, now you're ready to be a fucking dad yeah. for once. They talk um, about how much they both miss her mom. Yeah. Uh, they they mention a sister who's not in the picture. She then doles out the entire point, which is, I just want you to be proud of me. And it's that moment of like, we as humans never really grow up. And then Marissa makes a decision. No, no, not, <laughs> not that. Uh, first, we get another lovely episode of what I like to call Cute or Creepy, starring Gabrielle. Gabrielle finds him again. Again. I was going to say she was going to apologize. Uh, she doesn't. She said, I'd give anything to be that miserable about how he's feeling because uh, that's what love is. She tufts his head, which again, cool or creepy? Creepy. Yeah. We've, we've passed the creepy event horizon. Yeah. Luke wants to talk about, we get to the Luke scene. Luke wants to just talk about love. He's like, I love you so much while they're like making out. And she gets aggressive AF in bed, which is fine. I will say lots of great things in this scene, uh, apart from their actual physicality. Luke asks for her consent twice. Mm-hmm. She says yes. Granted, okay, it's great. But A also enthusiasm. But, but also pretty clear that there's there's some stuff going on in marissa's mind that puts her in a state where maybe she doesn't even know if she wants to lose her virginity i will say though he does have a track record of not reading into things well they use protection which i think is good for all the teens watching the show to see (laughs) she rolls over as he goes to get the condom and she gives a face and it's just like Fuck me. Yeah, yeah. This face is, it's so depressing. It's pain. I've seen that face before in my friends after they've like had decisions and made decisions in their life that they regret immediately. And it's just like, I, ha- I hated it so much. It was very good acting because that's exactly what a teen looks like when they're ashamed <laughs> and sad and angry and confused. Like she's confused and it's bad. And again, when you're a kid, I'm sure I was watching it. I was like, oh, I know what she's doing. Now I'm like, oh, 
Fuck me. This is the worst. Yeah, it's yeah. You're watching her make this awful decision. Oh awful God. decision for her yep. in real time. And you just wanted to keep being like, no, like, don't do it, don't do it. Then. Like a puppy, Ryan sits and waits outside of her home. Be- I'm assuming because he needed to leave the house because Gabrielle kept finding him and tufting his hair. <laughs> but, um... Marissa comes home in his car. Luke says, I love you. She says, I love you. And she could not be giving off clearer signal, any clearer signal. That that was a mistake. Yeah, that she is like upset and doesn't feel. And Luke is just like, okay. He doesn't, again, he gives her many. Like, oh, I feel like a lot of people give Marissa the opportunity to have her tell them actually what's happening in her life. And she just can't. And this one makes sense, right? Like, the this was a mistake maybe isn't a conversation you have immediately with him. But he offers to walk her to the door, right? He, oh, he what tell, a gentleman. I'm just saying he can tell something up as she refuses which again should be a sign that more conversation is necessary he backs out of the alley or out of the alley out of the driveway ryan like a puppy sulks his way to right in front of her she's looking for her keys she turns around and it is just the most heartbreaking fucking scene in the world because no words are exchanged for a very long time between the two of them it feels like ages it's probably 20 seconds and then and then she says you're too late. You're too late. End of episode. See, again, this show made me very uncomfortable. That is a fantastic ending. Oh, do you want to do a winner? Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird to think of a winner in this episode yeah. for me. This it, is a rough one. It feels like we all were the losers of this yeah. episode in various ways. It might be a little easier to, first of all, just like knock people out well, okay. for contention. Uh, Jimmy lost. If there was a loser of the episode, not only did Jimmy Cooper get schooled by his wife, he he lost. Maya, I feel like you usually have pretty good opinions. Maya, did you write anybody down? Thank you. No, I was actually kind of at a loss for this one. I think because there were lots of individual good moments, mm-hmm. but no one seemed to have better ones than others. So it could go a lot of different ways. I could be swayed. Okay. Um, I think you could make the case for Julie Cooper, even though she didn't get a whole lot of time. Sure. She played her scene really well. Yeah. I think you could definitely make a strong case for Marissa. And it's a it's a hard episode for her, but in terms of this show yeah. and what she represents in this show and kind of the way that Misha Barton acts it and the way she's written, I think is there's a lot going on there that is really successful in this mm-hmm. episode, albeit depressing. Yeah. Caleb throws his weight around in some pretty fantastic ways. Mm-hmm. I didn't I, even think about Caleb. Yeah. I thought about Caleb, but I just think he was pretty nasty. Yeah. And no, I don't just, know, I know that's that's not really what this is about, but for some reason I, I can't look, give it to him. Sometimes like heels need the belt, but I mean, you know, Julie Cooper obviously is a heel that you like start cheering for, even though like she's so understatedly great. Yeah. yeah. But again, like you're you're also supposed to be a little disgusted with her at all times because like, you know, the things that she kind of stands for aren't always the best, but then her motivation is like pretty fun to watch. Mm-hmm. She's definitely the Cersei of this show. <laughs> Seth and Seth had a, a lot of actually pretty mm-hmm. great moments yeah. in this. He definitely could feel the tension in the house the entire time and every single time something weird was like happening and bad, he would make a comment or he would use his eyes to show that, hey, this is kind of weird, but she's like, I fucking him at the table. I think that a lot of his place in this episode was like audience surrogate, like you sure. mentioned before, mm-hmm. he, he's a, which which is great. It's always awesome to watch Seth sure. do that, but for most important, I don't know that I could give it to him. All right. 
I, I do have a strong opinion. Is and it? It, it took me until the second watch through, and none of you have mentioned it. I think summer. Yep, I'm with him. 100%. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, it's, I'm in. It's got, it's got to be summer. This is an episode where everyone was very atomized. They were all in their own little things. Like, everyone was sort of, like, waiting for someone else to do something. Sandy sucked. For, for uh, once. Yeah, yeah, you don't you don't get points for throwing your weight around. You get about when, one Sandy Stock episode every six episodes, yeah. and this was it. But Summer, she wants one thing. She wants to meet rich dudes at this party, and fuck me, she does it. And on top of that, <laughs> her ripples, you're right, her ripples go throughout the rest of the episode. Summer continuously throws her weight around. And then, and I'm not sure if I want to credit, like, the actress who plays her or the actual character. Rachel Bilson. But that fucking look that she gives Seth at the end when he starts reading that poem and and when she hears about yes. that squirrel, her eyes, like, it, it's seriously like watching, like, a cat go from, like, attack eyes to, like, <laughs> love eyes in a moment. It mm-hmm. really, it is. She's just so delightful. Also, at the end, she gives Seth this big kiss and, like, gives this guy, like, one of the main characters in the show, the, a moment he has been waiting for his entire life. And then when it's done, she goes, all right, I'm going to go talk to this guy. Don't worry. You can stay here. I'll introduce myself. That's that's boss's That's power. a boss move. This is, yeah, this is somebody who's playing the game and playing it very well. I, I've been waiting for Summer to win one. I think this is a Summer. This episode is what, like, this is her proving, look, I'm a character in this show. I'm not going anywhere. And I'm going to have some serious effects on how some of the outcomes play out. I think the belt goes. I really like the Luke at the beginning when he says, I wish, just wish we could be together like it was because they have a moment like that sandy has a moment like that caleb has a moment like that you know so many people like even seth to an extent that's that's it for me but i think my actual quote of the episode is you're too late it's so haunting and it fucking hits you like a sack it hits you like brick yeah no i think i can get behind that you're too late is just like oh my fucking lord yeah curbs what do we need to know I need some facts from yeah. one Curbs. Uh, so this episode first aired on September 9th, 2003. Ooh, school's in session. Um, so obviously this week was the two-year anniversary of September 11th. Bush's approval ratings had dropped to 45% oh. from 71% in April. No way. Yeah. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, that the, post, oh. the post-9-11 era was very good and for his approval ratings. that was before the end. Yeah, the I, this, yeah this is like the, the war. Like the yeah. This is when we're starting to realize who are we fighting? <laughs> right? Like, March of 2003 was when the Department of Homeland Security was fully operational. Um, it was formed in 2002 but didn't open until 2003. God. Also, um, just a fun note. But that that's insane to me. Yeah. That it once it didn't exist. And it, yeah, yeah, this episode was directly affected by that. I can tell. Operation Iraqi Freedom was originally called Operation Iraqi Liberation, and they changed it because the acronym would have been OIL. <laughs> oh my god! Curves! Uh, <laughs> Curves! That's a really good fact! Curves, <laughs> just the facts. Um, right around this time was when both John Ritter and Johnny Cash died. They mm. were day apart. Mm. Oh. Um, Lost in Translation was actually released on September 9th. Um, it's a good movie. That week, September 14th, was when J-Lo and Ben Affleck were supposed to get married, but later it got postponed. Oh. Um, it was monsoon season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, fall of 2003 was when the pumpkin spice latte first appeared at Starbucks. Holy Whoa. shit! 
Those are the facts. Seriously? <laughs> what? Curves with the facts. Holy shit, those were good facts. Oh my god. So Marissa inspired a style that went perfectly along with the pumpkin spice, spice latte. latte. Yeah. It was the beginning. They, this invent, was, they invented a drink for what, for what Marissa represents. What a September. Oh. Man, Curves, that's good. Oh, that's solid. Oh. All right. My name is Mark, and I love the OC. My name's Maya, and I love the OC. My name's Curves, and I love the OC. My name is Dan, and I love the OC. Oh, and no. we hope that you love the OC, too. There it is. I won't pretend I